Hi, welcome back to My Daily Briefing. This is Gwen Diaz, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast and discovering that the Bible really does make sense when its stories are told in chronological order. Here's Ed with our next episode. Hi, it's Ed again. Let's go right to episode 119, titled, David Deals with Saul's Sin. You can find these events in 2 Samuel chapter 21. David's last years in the palace were far from easy. A terrible famine devastated the land for three long years. When David sensed that this must be more than a natural weather-related phenomenon, he bowed before God and begged God to end it. God informed David that while Saul was king, he and his family had broken a covenant that Israel had signed four centuries earlier. It was a peace treaty that Joshua made with the Gibeonites soon after he led the Israelites into the Promised Land. However, instead of honoring the treaty and protecting the Gibeonites as the treaty had stipulated, Saul and his family had tried to annihilate them completely. Now, in order to end the famine, David needed to make things right with the Gibeonites and receive their blessing. So David summoned the few Gibeonites who remained in the land and acknowledged the terrible wrongs that had been done to them. He asked what Israel could do to reconcile this matter. David offered to give them gold and silver, but the Gibeonites did not want money. They wanted revenge. They wanted to do to Saul's descendants what he had done to theirs. They wanted to kill seven of his descendants. So David captured Saul's remaining sons and grandsons and handed them over to the Gibeonites. He spared only Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, because of the promises he had made to Jonathan. The Gibeonites killed Saul's descendants and hung their bodies on a hill near the tabernacle. Although David had moved the Ark of God to Jerusalem, the altar and the tabernacle remained in Gibeon. Any Israelites going to worship God and make sacrifices could see the bodies of Saul's sons. When they did, they were reminded of the consequences of breaking a promise. After the bodies had hung in Gibeon for a while, David gathered the remains along with the bones of Saul and his three sons that had previously been taken to Jabesh, and he gave them a proper burial in the tomb of Saul's father. At that point, God finally listened to the Israelites' prayers. He sent rain, and the famine ended. Meanwhile, the Philistines continued to invade and attack Israel as they had since the time of the judges. During one of their many skirmishes, David accompanied his troops onto the battlefield. Suddenly, he became exhausted. A relative of Goliath saw him collapse and ran at him with his sword drawn. As this giant of a man was about to plunge his sword into the king, Abishai, David's nephew, lunged at the mighty Philistine and killed him. David was escorted off the battlefield, and his men swore to him, saying this, Never again will you go into battle with us. You are the lamp of Israel, and we don't want our lamp to be extinguished on the battlefield. The younger men in his armies continued to fight the Philistines until all of Goliath's relatives were removed from the land. David's military career ended just as it had begun, with him facing a Philistine giant. But now, the next generation of Israelites had proven they were ready to take over. Think about it. Are you careful about the promises you make? Pledges must never be made carelessly or taken lightly. Few things cause more pain than broken promises. Saul's family found this out the hard way. The nation of Israel had made a vow to the Gibeonites, and Saul had violated it. 
Numbers 30 verse 2 warns us, When a man makes a vow to the Lord, or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. Any violations of our promises or vows must be made right if we want to receive God's blessings. Now go, and have a great day.